Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to another Breakthrough Academy. I'm Peter Lewis and... I'm Josh Dovey. Great to be back. Great for another, here for another week. Looking forward to uh, what God's going to do today and excited about not just things that we learn, but the, um, as we say all the time, that we want deeper revelation um, and we see what we want God to move and all the things that he has for us, you know, we want to take hold of it. We want to, we want to grab hold of it, what he has uh, given and offered freely to us. So great to be back and uh, looking forward to it. And as we often uh, mention, this is the, the logo, my hand-drawn quick logo of um, the uh, Breakthrough Academy. And we've often pointed out it's, you know, it's um, a book representing the Bible. It's, it's all about the Bible. Breakthrough Academy is we dig deep into the Word of God. Mm. And the mountains represent a mountain-moving faith, that as we dig deep, our faith is quickened, made alive, um, we hear the word, it stirs our faith, and we, we do big things for God. We do great things for God. This is not about, oh, how much do you know? It's about how much you do yeah. in the light of this. But it's something I don't point out often is it's also, it's the name of it is Breakthrough Academy because we're coming out of Breakthrough Church here in the eastern part of Melbourne in Australia. But we haven't just named it, oh, Breakthrough, because we, that's a church name. It's a given. Um, mm. Breakthrough was given to us as a prophetic name and understanding that this is what God would have us to do. In fact, there was a prophetic word given over us many, many years ago, which I still just uh, reflect on often, which it says you're, you're not just to be breakthrough by name, mm. but to be breakthrough by nature. That's good. It was a, a summons for us to bring breakthroughs, and we believe that there's a breakthrough anointing. So this academy is a part of the breakthrough anointing. It brings the ability for people to break through and get the things going that God wants. Um, I praise God this is not the... Um, the K Sarah Sarah Academy. I don't know whether you know K Sarah Sarah. You know, famous. I think it's Doris Day song. Someone, someone can maybe put it high. We've got, we've got Brooke, Joe, and Richard Anderson already saying hi. Well, Welcome. Brooke, Brooke, I think you might be the expert in this. K Sarah Sarah, Doris Day. I think a famous song. And the, the next line, whatever will be, will be. Will be. It just, it's like just, just it's, it is just as it is. Whatever happens, happens. Well, we are not the K Sarah Sarah Academy. In other words, we're not saying, well, this is just how it is. That's how you were born. That's the circumstances you find yourself in. That's just what you've got to put up with. No, we are the Breakthrough Academy. This whole purpose of us diving into the Word of God is so that we are quickened by what God says to break through our enemies, to break through the restrictions, to break through the limitations, to break through that which has been holding us back into what God has for us, to break through the enemy's um, uh, boundaries and see mm. people set free and um, redeemed. Uh, it's, it's that's what breakthrough is all about. So, so often we've we've been focusing on the logo, um, but I just want you to know we are Breakthrough Academy because we are here to study the Word of God to bring breakthroughs into your life. So, in fact, we don't often do this, but Joe. Um, Josh, I want you to pray now for anyone who's watching this mm. that they will have breakthroughs come into their life. And, and I'm asking you, you're watching this. Um, you're watching this. And you, I want you to think right now some of the restrictions, some of the things that are holding you back, some of the things, you know, I'm not talking about things that God is saying, just wait. You know what I mean? There's, there's restrictions that God puts on us mm. to, you know, wait time. You know, I, I can show you where Paul says I was, I was... Seasons. Yeah, Paul says I was help. You know, I, I couldn't go here because of the mission I was in. So that was fine. But I'm talking about things where the enemy is holding you back, where maybe your negative thinking, your, your, and even sometimes you have given yourself to a Doris Day small-mindedness, just, well, whatever will be, will be. 
I want you to start to name that and say, no, no, yeah. I'm receiving breakthrough revelation this morning. Josh, pray for Amen. us. Amen. Father God, we thank you. That, uh, we are glad to be here. And um, Father God, right now, you, you're working even now, even though we've just begun. You are here right now. Your spirit is here and you are working. And Father God, I thank you that we are not just called to be breakthrough by name, but we are breakthrough by nature. And for everyone tuning in, everyone listening today, now and in the future, Father God, that you would, um, that they would start to um, undo their, their mindsets and they would um, change their way of thinking and agree with what you have said, with what you have done. You have not withheld your son from us, so there is now nothing that is withheld from us, from us attaining, from uh, you giving us. We understand sometimes it's, it's in seasons and, and things happen, but God, we know that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are on our side, that you've got our back. And we thank you, God, that um, you are breaking through in their lives today, that mindsets are changing today and that we are choosing to uh, put our faith out and believe you, that you are backing us, that you are good, that you are faithful, that you will do what you have said. Oh, amen. We give you Hallelujah. glory, God, and we thank you in your name. Amen. amen. Amen to that. Amen. Well, give us an amen. Hallelujah. I think um, Peggy, great to have you joining us this morning good too. Morning. And everyone else who's joining and watching online. And those that um, be in here with us, we um, look forward to, to diving into the Word of God mm. um, and taking you into breakthrough truth. Um, let's, just, let's just see where God opens the, the Word to us today. Um, we've been speaking about covenant. That's the, um, the understanding we have is, is the covenant that we have with God. In fact, um, I want us to turn to Psalm 103 to start off with. We were talking about it before that we started with covenant and, uh, you know, we're still on the topic of covenant. Yes. But we've also been diving into the, you know, the conscience and sorting that out, getting that good. And and, and now we're and then moving on to how the conscience can be um, freed from, from the guilt yeah. through repentance and um, set us free for what we're doing. And, um, and I like to go to um, Psalm 103 and I'm using it sort of as a, a little bit of a, um, a foundation for us, mm. not because they say, oh, where, where does it mention covenant? It does mention covenant later in the psalm, but um, what I'm looking at is um, the first part where David is just so overflowing with his praises to God about all that God has done for him yeah. and all that the Lord has done. Yeah. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, with all, with all that is within me. Um, in other words, Paul, <laughs> Paul, um, David is saying, I want to praise the Lord with everything I've got. Yeah. I, I'm putting everything into yeah. this. I'm not holding back. I'm, let's give it everything we got. Um, and I don't know whether you've had a praise session recently where you've given it everything you've got. All right, you know, because we give it. Yeah. We give it. Yeah. But you, to give it everything don't, you've got, just pour it all into this praise session. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything. Just, and you know, um, you know, whether you're comfortable doing that in a church service, but I encourage you, get in a, a, your bedroom mm. or go somewhere in your backyard with yeah. a time and just give God some praise and don't hold back. Yeah. Just give him everything. It's because that's the exuberance that David had. He said, I want to. God, I want to, I'm not holding anything back. I want to praise you. And even better if you can do it in the church. Because, you know, when, when you do it in church, you can um, do it with everyone else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you right. can encourage everyone. And your praise and your exuberance actually becomes infectious. If, if you're ever with us uh, at this church breakthrough on a Sunday, when we're doing praise and worship at the beginning, yeah. we love coming out into the center, jumping, yeah. dancing, clapping, whatever. Like, you know, someone might think, dump, oh, sorry, mixing my words up. 
jumping. That's yeah, that's, you know, do it. Do it. Do it for God. Jump for God. Yeah. yeah it's that type of exuberance. And, and in fact, we we had um, Caleb um, Lewis music. Um, Caleb's my son. He's also at, um, leads our creative team. And he was he had um, a heaven on earth a concert effectively, or, mm. or you know, yeah. it was more than a concert. It's, but we had it here, and we moved the chairs back, and we put a mat down here, and we had a a, a praise place. Well. We've never put the chairs back since yeah. that time. It's about, I don't know how many weeks it's been yeah. now. But we just say, well, we'll just leave it one week. We'll leave it two weeks. Yeah. But every week, people have just come and filled this mm. front section with praise, exuberant praise. And we're like, oh, we think we'll leave the chairs back. Because, yeah. you know, hey, we're filling this space with exuberant praise. And um, that's what David said, with all that is within me, praise his holy name. And then he says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not forget all his kind deeds. Don't. Don't get, become weak or, or in any way feeble in, in the ability to, to take hold of any of the kind deeds yeah. that God has done. And then he just begins to list some of the things that God has done. He's forgives all your sins. Hmm. Oh, he forgives all your sins. What a good place to start. Oh, what an amazing place for us to be in. Um, forgives all our sins. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I, I got to be careful. I, I could dive into these, some of these, you know, because um, that, that's... I, I had a real, you know, a, a fresh revelation, I guess, or a fresh understanding of what it means to be forgiven every, you know, a few years ago. Because yeah. every now and again, you just get these words, which you say, I'm forgiven, but then the understanding what it means to be yeah. forgiven. Yeah. And um, uh, just the power, you know, to, to actually have God forgive us. Because no one else can. We, I can do it as, as his representative, mm. but I can I only have power as much as he gives me. I yeah. can't forgive because, you yeah. know... Um, if, if I just um, take an example here, that um, um, let, let's say, um, Josh, you have a loan with the um, ANZ Bank, okay, one of the banks here in Australia, ANZ, and you have a million-dollar loan. And, um, and I come to you today and I say, Josh, your debt to the ANZ Bank is forgiven. S sounds nice. <laughs> sounds nice. But it means nothing... Unless I've got authority. Unless, unless you're representative from ANZ. Yeah. The, the, only people, the, the only people that can forgive you of your debt is the person it's against. And it's the ANZ bank in this case. Mm. Only the ANZ bank can forgive you. So I can say you're forgiven. Everyone else can here can say you're forgiven. It means nothing. Yeah. But if the ANZ bank says you're forgiven, it just changes everything. But there's an authority. It's there's like, a, sorry, it, it, it's, like it's, it's not, it, there's an action behind it. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a response, a change to that. Yeah. So forgiveness is not just an act of kindness because, you know, mm. to forgive you is kind. Yeah. But it must be kindness that's linked to an authority. Mm. That you, it's not, I, can't, I can't say you're forgiven because I want to be kind. Mm. Without the authority, yeah. it's empty. Like yeah. the, the kindness doesn't do anything. That's right, yeah. I can only link that with I have the authority. Now, if you have done something against me, I can forgive you. Yeah. All right? Yeah, it's, and, that's um, cool. and And, and um, so a forgiveness is such a powerful thing because it's recognizing that he who... There's only one, only one person who can forgive us. God. Yeah. God's the only one that can forgive us. Because our sins have been a stain against him. It's mm. been rebellion against him. It's yeah. been, it's been um, a sin against him. And so ultimately, it's him. And he says, well, I'm going to make it so that your sins can be forgiven. He has to have some way. Someone's got to pay for that million dollars. Mm. All right. When, they, when the ANZ said, yeah. we forgive you, 
they're not just saying it goes away. What they're saying is we're taking some of our other money and now we are, we are using that to cover your debt. We're, we're, we're wiping it off our books. Mm. There has to be some way yeah. of, of doing that. Yeah. And Jesus was the method that God said, I'm going to send you to the earth and you're going to become Josh's sin. You're going to take this sin and I'm going to pour out my wrath and we're going to deal with this. So now I can speak to Josh and say, Josh, you are forgiven. Yeah. And um, being, being able to do that and like being able that. to speak that in that authority and um, the, the Pharisees, when, when Jesus, remember the story um, in, who, who remembers a story from Sunday school um, where four friends carried their paralyzed mate up to the top of a roof because mm-hmm. there was no room yeah. and they dug a hole and they, um, and, the and, and they, they put him through and um, I, I don't know whether I can find it here, but the funny thing is when you find that story in um, one of the, um, uh, one of the, the gospels, um, it, never, it, it mentions the story, but it never mentions the being lowered through the roof. I'm like, well, that's, the, that's, the, I'm like that's the best part of that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it never mentions the, the lowering through the roof or the, the full building or the fact that they couldn't get in there. That's because all it talks about is what happened next, which was when Jesus looked at him. And because he's a man who's sick, he's a paralyzed man, and he doesn't look at him and say, friend, you're, you know, you're, 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 your sickness is, yeah. is healed. He says, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. It's like the guy is paralyzed. <laughs> and, um, but that's, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't speak to him um, about. Like they're, they're showing their faith and their desire to get it, yeah. to get healed. So they're going through the roof with his friends. He's like, but your sins are forgiven. <laughs> yeah, and, it's a, and he says, your sins are forgiven. And it's like, whoa, uh, he did, they, they weren't looking for forgiveness. Yeah. But really, that was the core issue in mm. this situation. That's good. That's so and good. the Pharisees got mad because, like, only God can forgive sins. Who in the world are you to do this? And it's a key moment for them. Ruffles only God can forgive sins. And, um, and it's like, yeah, that's, you know what? The Pharisees were right. I have no right to say your sins are forgiven. Yeah. You have no right unless God yeah. is authorizing and unless God is doing it, mm. and they were mad as eggs that Jesus would step in and say, you know what, I'm bringing you the authority to say your sins are forgiven. Now, he said, so that you may know, because what you're thinking, you're like, who, who are you? So you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Yeah. So that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. I'm going to heal him. Mm. So get up, take up your bed, get out of here. And um, he said, I'm showing you that I do have the authority authority to forgive sins so good um so to to um it might have been mark uh, luke i've been trying to sort of find it as i've been speaking which is not a not always not a not always a handy um way of doing things um you know some i feel like it's the longer way to do it yeah it's but um we it's um we um but to us it's all about the breaking of the roof, mm, the dramatic yeah. seeing their faith. It's about the guy getting healed. Many people would not even recognize. It's actually the key part of that is all about yeah. the authority to forgive sins. Sorry. Oh, someone's. No, it hasn't come up with us yet, is it? Let's give it a second. We're sometimes a little bit behind. What to say, Benny? Luke 5.18. All right, let's. Oh, we can't see it yet, but thank you. Yeah, that does show this, but I didn't... Thank you, whoever you are. 
Ooh, yeah. We've just been told that someone has put up a comment, but it hasn't shown up on our screen yet. Okay. So Luke 5, 18, here's the story where, hang on, we might as well just go there. I've taken this much effort. I'm like, yeah. let's, let's finish this we, off. We, we, we'll, we'll go the whole way. We'll do it. We'll do it all. Luke 5, 18. Some men showed up carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. And um, so this story, but this talks about the fact that they found no way to carry him in because of the crowd, so they went up on the roof to let him in. So let's see if we can find this story um, in Matthew 9. Um, Matthew 9, 2 to 8. Mm, yeah, in, but in 5.20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. So that this is... Okay, I found it. So if you go to... The, so we all know that story. But if we go to Matthew 9, verse 2, Jesus, just then some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. No mention of the roof. No mention couldn't get in. What no you, lowering him down. What are you doing? It's just, just then, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Now, obviously, Matthew doesn't know what the most important part of this story is. Like, <laughs> this is what it's all about. It's the dramatic, so much faith. Look at their faith. Look at them bringing the faith. And he says, when Jesus saw their faith, that they brought them, he doesn't talk about how much they had to go through. Yeah. He said to the paralytic, have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Um, and then some of the experts in the law said to themselves, this man is blaspheming when, because you cannot say that. Yeah. So when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he said, why do you respond with evil in your hearts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Now, so all that, all the, this whole story in terms of what Matthew was trying to share was this critical point of, of forgiveness mm. and Jesus having the authority. Yeah. Um, the healing and the dramatic part of the healing wasn't the focus. It was the fact that Jesus was able to say to someone, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. And the amazing thing was that's not, it didn't look like that was the need. But ultimately underneath every yeah. sickness is the need for forgiveness. The, the now, I'm not, sorry, let me, let me um, make clear in that. I'm not saying every sickness you have is caused by a, a direct sin, mm. all right? I'm not making, um, in the book of James, um, um, James says to them, to the church, if you are sick, call for the elders of the church and they will pray for you mm. and they'll anoint you with oil. And if you have committed a sin, it will be forgiven, but then you'll be healed. Mm. So he doesn't say, Confess your sin every time and you will be... He said, if it's connected to a sin, we yeah. get that dealt with at the same time. Yeah. If. So not every time. But every time we do know that sickness has its foundation in the fact that we have fallen creatures mm. and have sinned. Yeah. Sickness enter in, into humanity through sin. All right? So when Jesus dealt with sin in, in Isaiah 53... When he carried our sick, he carried our sins. Mm. He also carried our sicknesses because yeah. that was the overflow and outworking so of um, that. So everybody needs forgiveness, um, and sickness and healing from sickness flows out of being forgiven. But not every sickness. Don't. Whenever someone's sick, you know, someone comes to you and say, "Pray about a headache." You say, "Well, what's your hidden sin, brother?" You know what I mean? Shit. I can't. You know what? Why have you got a headache? You know yeah. what have you been doing? What have you been saying? No, I'm not 
not making that. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's what Job's comforters did, you know. Yeah. Tell me, come on, you can come clean with me. What have you done? What have you, what really, have you done? really been doing? What have you been hiding? Uh, we don't want to get into that. But it says if they have committed a sin, if there is, if it's connected with a sin, well, we get that dealt with. Yeah. But the let's go back to Psalm 103. This is no small statement. Being able to um, to rejoice in the fact, praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not forget all His kindness. He's the one who forgives all your sins. Hallelujah. We the one who has authority. The one who has authority has forgiven us our sins. Some people say, you know, aren't all religions the same? Well, I'll tell you one thing that's really different. No other religion has the authority to forgive sins. Amen. They can say it all they like. They can say, let your guilt be cleansed. They can, they can you know, you can um, burn incense. You can pray prayers. You can ring bells. You can, you can do whatever you want. You can have any holy man make a proclamation over you and mm. say you are forgiven. But ultimately... Only those, only the, any, only the one with authority yeah. can forgive us. And the only one with authority is the one true God mm, who right. through Jesus Christ has paid for our sins. No one else has got, come and paid for our sins. There's no one, no other God, because <laughs> there is no other God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Only the true God has not only rescued us, he has paid for our sins, yeah. paid the penalty for it so that he can offer genuine, bought, Paid for yeah. forgiveness. Everyone else is about what you can do to get it. Yeah. But this is about what has been done for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah. And you need to receive it through yeah. your faith and your trust and allegiance with to Jesus. Um, so thank you. And eventually we got Joe Rose, Luke 5. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I don't know, that's, that's a bit of a warning to us um, because we've got, someone, we've got Sandy here watching and she was able to see on the phone that comment came up and it was quite a while before we had the comment. So if you send us a comment... Just give us some grace. It doesn't always come up very quickly. I don't know why. Um, technology. Who, yeah. who would have thought, eh? But um, thank you. Thank and you uh, morning so to Kyra. And uh, love having you um, share and join with us. And anyone else who's just you know, been joining in the background, it's great to have you. Let's, let's dive in. Okay. So Psalm 103, he forgives all our sins. He heals all our diseases. He delivers our life from the pit, mm. crowns us with his loyal love and compassion, his chesed love and compassion, yeah. satisfies our life with good things. So our youth is renewed like an eagle's. Why do I go through that list? Because to me, that's David saying, this is the life of the covenant. Yeah. This is what it means to be in covenant with the living God. This is what it means to, to know him and to um, enjoy that. Um, oh, and C.K. Lewis is Caleb. So thank you. I'm welcoming Kyra, and it's actually Caleb. Ah, there you so go. So that's what happens when you, you do a joint account, so husband and wife. There's some confusion there, um, but... I, I, I will put the blame on you and not on me. No, All right, that, is that fair that, enough? That, that's quite understandable. Yeah. You know, anybody would make that mistake. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get much um, grace from, from Josh and me. Um, Psalm 103. Um, and oh, so, so, it's flipped over to... Um, um, in Psalm 103, and I mentioned that, you know, this in verse 18, we're not going to read all the way through there, but it talks about the fact that to those who keep his covenant, all right, it's talking yeah. about this is a covenant psalm. It's about, now, in the context of David, covenant is all about being in alignment with the old covenant. Mm. Praise God, we are in alignment with the new covenant, and our obedience comes through 
our faith in Jesus and mm. an empowerment yeah. and changing of so our heart. Good. So um, it, 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 we can, you never, one of the powers of studying covenant that we have done, if you haven't, and this is like maybe your first time, go back and watch from the start because one of the dangers is that people get the old and new covenant a little bit mixed up and mm. how it works and you can't, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. The, the way the old covenant worked, it was a shadow, it was not, never going to deal with your sin. So sometimes you look at Old Testament scriptures and you see their attitude towards the covenant and you say, oh, yes, and I just bring that exactly into the new. It's got to go through the filter of what Jesus has done yeah. and the factor in the new. So and you've got to understand that. So Deuteronomy 28, it says, like, those are the blessings that come to the people who obey the covenant. Our, our blessings come through the fact that we are in Christ, who is the seed of Abraham, and the blessings that were given to Abraham are in Christ. So now we have those blessings. Mm. So there's a different pathway, but there's a... The blessings are the same. Yeah. It's just that we don't get the blessings as a reward for our righteous acts and our obedience. We get the blessings because we are in Christ and he is blessed and he is the favored one of God and his favor that, that, that he has before God. When God says, you, you're my son and you, I'm well pleased. That favor that's on Jesus now comes into us mm. and we walk in that. Now, that. now for us, the key thing is to walk in it and not walk against it. Yeah. And that's a little bit of what we've been talking about. That's good. To, um, and leading up to, nice little segue, into the fact that we've been talking about, but what happens when you break that, that, that way of living? You don't do what God has called you to do. You rebel against God. You do the wrong thing. And we've been looking at the fact, well, one of the things that God has given us is a conscience that is cleansed, a conscience that is whole and healed and no longer speaking to our sin. And um, it is normal and very right for your conscience to be in, in a healthy, good place mm. and not be constantly criticizing you and, and making you feel as if you're not doing enough. Yeah. That, if, you're, if you're in that sort of space where you just constantly have a condemnation sort of hanging over you and you think, well, that's because I've grown in God and now my conscience has become super, super sensitive yeah. to my my failing, super sensitive to what I should be doing. So my conscience is constantly telling me, you ought to be praying more, you ought to be witnessing more, you ought to be loving more, you ought to be, ought to be, ought to be, and you, know, and you just... Argh. You should be doing this. Yeah, and some people think that is the natural progression of where a mature Christian comes to. Mm. And then I come along and say, no, no, you shouldn't feel guilty. You say, oh, yeah, but that means blocking my conscience mm. and stopping my conscience because it's accurate. It's right. I should be doing those things. So you say, now, how does this all work? And we've been talking about what a healthy conscience is and how to train it with the word and the spirit moves in and um, mm. gives us that sense. So um, I just want to, I, I, I just feel to, to spend a little bit of time just really building on that because it is so essential to us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so important to us. And so if we can go to our, our wonderful diagram, uh, as you can see, there's another, lot. Yes, another diagram. Yeah. I always love returning to the diagram. Yeah, it's so really it's nice. sort of a bit hard. We, I think we need to start a fresh page because, you know, no one can ever work out what's happening in the last ones. All right, so here we have Gingerbread Josh. Is, it, is that to say that each diagram that you've done, it has not been a good diagram is it, it has been is that what you're saying i am saying that is perfect and how could anybody say that's not clear all right and i think that one's not as clear as this one you know like that that just that's why we start again because i've run out of room to write anything okay so not because the diagram is no good it's just i've run out of room at least this time um 
my my left leg is it's still larger, <laughs> but it's, it's you always get a long, bigger, stronger it's leg. Actually, left leg. it's actually closer. Are, than, than are you are you left footed? No, I'm right footed. Oh, I don't know why. Then maybe you, you've neglected your left leg. It's gone fat. <laughs> anyway, so we have as part of our spirit. It's 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 in our spirit, man. It's part of it who our spirit is. We have a conscience which speaks to us. It speaks to us. And it speaks to us about things of the moral nature mm. and about our, relation, our, our place of favour and, and walking with God. And as we shared a couple of weeks ago from Paul when he was speaking to the Ephesians, he said the, that conscience is designed to help you walk the life of grace. Yeah. And if you block the life of grace and go into legalism, you are searing what God is trying mm. to do and, and, and causing your conscience not to work as it should. This conscience is designed for us to walk and enable us to be the life of grace. It yeah. helps us. It's our, it, it prompts us. It tells us when we're going off track. It, it also gives us a, um, a sense of, yeah, you're on the right track. Mm. Um, it's, it's your ally, your, your yeah. personal trainer. That, that's why um, I, I've been thinking a little bit more about it in the sense of, Often we only recognize the conscience when it's telling us we're doing the wrong thing because that's when it sort of gets the loudest mm. and that's when we, we recognize it most clearly. Um, uh, well, let, let me show you an example of that from the scriptures. Acts 2.38. Okay, so Peter's preaching after the, the resurrection. Been, he's speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit's come and, and he's addressing this crowd. And um, he tells them, you, <laughs> Jesus was, was God and you went and killed him. Um, Acts 2.37 says, now when they heard this, they were acutely distressed. Okay, acutely distressed. Let's just look at that a little bit because that's the New English translation. Um, they were acutely distressed. The New American um, says, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Um, Holman Bible says, well, they came under deep conviction. Um, Jewish Bible, they were stung in their hearts. Stung in their hearts. King James, or they were pricked in their heart. Um, the New King James, they were cut to the heart. Um, Living Bible says they moved them deeply, <laughs> pierced their hearts, the New Living Translation. Um, so you can sort of get a feel for there. So let's, let's sort of see. So, so when it says that they were acutely distressed, that's more of a paraphrase. Mm. It's funny that the New English translation is more of a paraphrase than the New Living, which has pierced their hearts. Yeah. So they, they've got an example of um, Bible um, translations doing things opposite to what you expect. But let's just have a look at those. At what the word there is. Um, I'll switch down to New. I'll go from the New American. So it says, now when they heard, they were pierced to the heart. So let's just look at pierced. Um, and it's just this word. It means to prick, to pierce. Okay, so it means, you know, something's cutting into you. Mm. All right, so that, 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 I, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, and heart, well, guess what that's going to mean? Cardia, which means... Cardio, cardiogram, heart, isn't that a yeah. heart? Or is that the same as like cardiac? Or that cardiac, cardiac arrest, yeah. heart attack, cardias from the Greek cardia. A good example, cardiac, everyone can relate to cardiac. Um, heart, all right, but we know, we know just as in the English word, 
Um, heart has a is a is the blood pump. I like, I like yeah. Kenneth Copeland often says we're not talking about the blood pump. You know, the blood pump is the physical yeah. thing, organ. We're talking about the heart, which is the seat of your spirit, your soul, at the center of your human life, or the seat and center of human life. Um, in the New Testament, it's only used figuratively. It never actually uses it for the um, physical mm, organ. Yeah. It, you know, it never says he had a cardiac arrest. or uh, it, Whenever it says his heart, it talks about the, the, your spirit man, your spirit. Okay? Mm. So from that, we can understand that um, the New American is probably most, li you know, most literal in this. When they heard it, they were pierced, or the King James, pricked to the heart. Mm. So their inward man went, <laughs> ah. And when I read that, I realize, guess what that is? That's your conscience. Your conscience saying, ah, you've done the wrong thing. All right? Is that, that's, that's just your conscience you've speaking. Messed up, yeah. Your conscience is saying, he's right. He's right. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Ah. So, we, um, so our, our, our conscience. Now, um, what happens is that you've got authorities here which are what feed into your conscience. Um, and, you know, cultural um, authorities, family authorities, mm. authorities you've gained from religious expression, you know, um, all sorts of places. What we want is the authority that comes from, from, you know, basically I say the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which we call the final authority, <laughs> the ultimate authority. Mm, but good. all these other ones will feed into it. Now, up until this point, They've had their authority being, oh, we're good Jews. We're really, we're, we're right. And, you know, killing Jesus was the right thing for a Jew to do because he was trying to undo Judaism. Yeah. He was trying to destroy, you know, our, our, our religious leaders told us. He was, He's trying to destroy this whole thing. He was tearing up everything that they... Get rid of him. He's a troublemaker. Yeah. Kill him. Crucify him. And, but all that has come from because a, a legal legalism mm. that is feeding them and also their, their own sinfulness was hiding stuff and, and, and blocking their awareness. Peter comes along, preaches a sermon and it's like all suddenly they hear a brand new voice of authority coming mm. in, which is in alignment That's with good. the word of God and the spirit. He suddenly this new authority speaks by the man of God speaking and it hits and the conscience goes, he's right. He's right. He's right. Oh, he's right. We did do that. We oh, oh. And so we, our, 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 um, Oh, I've got Madeline watching a plus for diagrams at all times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That might be one person, you know, that, that agrees with that. So well, Madeline is an authority on diagrams. I'm sure she knows mm. it's excellent. But um, so our our con our, our conscience screams. So um, when I said that our conscience is part of our spirit, this mm. is one of the, yep. the the reasons I say that is because it didn't say their conscience was it just said their heart mm. was pricked. And when your spirit is pricked, it's talking about your conscience mm. is that part yeah. in your spirit. It's part of it, and it speaks. Of, We've done the wrong thing. We've done the wrong thing. We've done the wrong thing. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so, um, oops, sorry. So, um, Peter said, well, they said, what should we do? But I like, I like, I like the New English translation. It's acutely distressed. Mm. And it's, how many have known what it's like to have your conscience prick you hard? <laughs> 
yeah. and you are acutely distressed. I'm really, I'm, ah, I'm acutely distressed. Like, like a, is it, I'm not sure if it's the right word, like a compounding pressure or something? Like it's, it's uh, pressing on you? Well, something? it's, uh, well, how do you feel? Like you explain, you know, this is not theoretical. Because everybody here has known a time yeah. when your conscience has really told you off. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I've done the wrong thing. I'm broken. Now, I would, that's why I said I would have always said that's the, that's the role of the conscience is to tell us when we're going off track. Yeah. And it does. And I, I said it's almost like um, the warning beepers, the, the parking beepers when you're back and back. And it's suddenly you go a little bit to the right and you're going to hit a wall. It goes beep, beep, beep. Mm. And then go beep, 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 beep. It gets louder and stronger yeah. when the more you're trying to go. And then if you, and this is how I, would, I described it because, you know, using illustrations are, are good, but um, they're not perfect, all right? And that's the problem. It, parking sensors do not tell you when you're doing well. They only, they only come into play when you're doing wrong. When, yeah, when you're getting closer. Hit something. Yeah, yeah, if you veer off, if you're going straight, there is no soothing, happy sound <laughs> to say, good job. Good. Well maybe, maybe we should put, bring that in because it's like when you're doing the right thing, it should have some sort of s song playing, a happy song. You know, like da, 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 da. that means I'm parking good here. Because at the moment, you just get nothing. Yeah. You get nothing, no encouragement, nothing. You just get silence. And silence is good. Because if you, hit, get, if you hear anything, it means you're doing the wrong thing. And I've sort of felt that's what the conscience is like. It's just like only turns up when I'm doing something wrong. Or when I've done something wrong and I've hit the wall, it gets stuck, you know. And, then, ah, and that's what you're like, ah, oh, that's cut to the quick, cut to the heart. Yes. This is what we've, you know. Um, but what I discovered in looking more at what Paul was saying to the Ephesians and about the role of the conscience, it's not just there to tell you when you're going off track. Mm. It's designed to try and move you on to yeah. the life of grace. It will be prompting. And, be, and so I've been listening for my conscience to have a second voice. The first voice is the beep, beep, beep of um, you're going off track. Yeah. But there's another voice which is a summonsing and a calling to go on the right track. And it's a, yeah, let's do this. Let's get close to God. Let's spend some time with God. Let's mm. now. Some people, oh, okay, that's the, oh, I know that. That's the beep beep beep. No, that's the beep beep beep. You've not been spending enough time with God, or you ought to be spending time with God, or you should be spending time with God. This is the. This is a, another sound that's in the spirit, which is a drawing, and a, and a, and a pulling, yeah. and a leading, and a, an encouraging. Yeah to the things of God and to That's do good. the walk of grace. It's that voice, it's that draw which says, be generous. It's that which says, be gracious. Yeah. It's that which says when you're facing a situation where someone has done the wrong thing, there's part of you that says, you know what I ought to do? I ought to forgive them. Do you know what I mean? I ought to forgive them. Mm. What's that? That's the conscience saying, That's, this is the life of grace. Yeah. This, is what it's, this is how we ought to handle this situation. Yeah, oh, when you're going down and... Um, and, and you hear of someone who doesn't, you know, oh, okay, you, you're like, um, you're in, a, you're in a, um, a queue at the shopping and the person in front of you is fumbling and you suddenly realise, oh, it's one of those awkward ones. They've got too much groceries and not enough money. It's the, 
your conscience says, you know how to, you, you know what to do here. You know what mm. to do here. You know yeah. what to do here. It's a positive thing. You know yeah. what to do here. And you go, don't worry about it. I've got it. Just reach over with your card. Beep. No need to, and just walk on. Do you know what I mean? Um, just, just do it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Just I beep, like beep. Um, I, I did that once for, um, I, I was in a, in a store and a, a takeaway sort of place. And I saw the um, person behind me was a policeman just getting some food. And so I just told them, pay for mine and his. Don't say anything. So I paid for it, went out. That's and cool. um, and I realised, you know that, that prompting? That, yeah. To do that? That's actually a conscience saying, this is what we should do. Yeah. This is what we should do. It's a positive, it's like a positive like beep. That. It's a positive, that's a good way to do it. Because you know what? I know it's the conscience because if I say, oh, I'd be a bit awkward, I'm a bit fearful, what will happen? Or, oh, you know, I, things are a bit tight this week, you know, I'm, I'm doing that t tomorrow night. And I, you, know, you know when you think, I'm gonna, and then you start to reason it? Yeah. You know, no, I don't think that's right. Yeah. All right, so I just pay for mine and I walk out and I get in the car. Guess what? I get beep, 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 beep. I get my conscience bothers me. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. Yeah, because why? He says, well, you, you, you buffered off the, um, the grace there, buddy. Now, ah, so my con now, I would have just said my conscience only got involved in the second half. But that was that's the conscience was, was saying, let's do this. Mm. Let's do this. Because it's, it's got this authority. This is what it's like to, live, like to live in grace. Now you say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells me to do things. Because that's what I would have said. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is feeding into our spirit. But often that voice from inside is your conscience. And, you, and what I'm saying is you need to train that and be friends with it and encourage it because you want that to be really strong. That's so you want good. that to be your best trainer inside. Yeah, because like, I, I know, like, just hearing you say that, like, I know that I've gone through those times exactly when I'm like, is that the Holy Spirit? But it was actually just my conscience saying, yeah, let's do this. This, this would be great. Do this. And I go like, oh, no, I'm, I'm surely I'm just trying to, you know, make it up in, yeah. in a way. I'll do a good thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, then, I, and then I haven't done it. It's like, oh, but it's my, it's my conscience that's my, my ally. Yeah. Like my trainer. In, not, in the, not in the red, but in the green. Yeah. In the, in the good. He's like, here's a green opportunity. Let's do this. Yeah. This is who you are, Josh. Lean, this is who we lean are. Lean into that. This is like, do this it. is who you are in grace. This is what God's called you to be. This is the generous Josh that God has made. This is the one that will forgive freely. This is the one that will reach out. This is the one that will lay hands on the. It's just like encouraging to live out the life of the covenant. That's so good. Work in the covenant. And it's like, and so you want your conscience to be on your side. Do you know what I mean? You want to, and, but some people say, I only, only recognise it when it goes beep. And then it's like problems. To me. So we need to, to be aware. And so we talked about what are the issues when, okay, when it is giving you that, the, the red light, you're doing, doing something wrong, and what do you do when, ah, you have actually done something, not, this is not warning now, this is you've hit the wall, you've, you've broken, you've crashed, and um, now it's a solid like, and this is what the, you know, Acts 2.37, their heart is cut. <laughs> what do we do? So what was, what was um, Peter's answer? Repent! Repent! There's the answer, when your heart is cut, That's good. When, you, when, you're, when you're in trouble, repent! Um, that, that's, that's the answer. The answer to fixing that is repent. Now, we actually, last week I spoke about, there's actually three answers. Um, let's see if I... That diagram would be good. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
okay, there's actually three things you need to do, right? And one that and one big one that you shouldn't do, all right? Or one big category of that you shouldn't do. What you shouldn't do is um, just try and say there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, blast it away. You're just being you. There's no, just use all the, the natural ways to try and squash that, mm. not the right way. Yeah. Now, three things. If your, your conscience is giving you the signal that says you're wrong, you've either got to work out, first of all, if it's coming out of tradition and it's not accurate, you've got to retrain your authority mm. through the ultimate authority. Or if it's giving you warning signs, you need to obey. Obey. Um, but if you've broken this and no, it's not a case of re-authority, it's a good authority, yep. um, I have disobeyed, then the third step to clearing this up is repentance. All right? So um, you don't always repent if it's an area of um, tradition. And I mention that because often people, especially they've been Christians a while, they can gather traditions. Mature Christians. Mature Christians. They've got a lot of traditions working in there and they actually conflict with what the, the, their freedom they have in Jesus, but they take them as if they are the God part, yeah. and therefore they allow those traditions to constantly speak to them. And the problem with that is when you try and repent, it doesn't, it doesn't work properly because you can't get the forgiveness yeah. for it because it's like, oh, let's go back and do it yeah, again. You know, right. and you get in that cycle. So you've got to know that it's God, and you've got to say, yeah, okay. But, hey, I'm not saying every time you feel guilty... You say, well, I'm just going to retrain my conscience. No, 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 no. If it's, if it's working well, you don't want to retrain it. You want to say, yeah, I, I get you. I, I, I hear you. Okay, I'm sorry for that. Mm. I, I repent of that. You know, there's some, ah, it's, I, I, you know, you weren't meant to do that. Oh, I've caught, found myself doing that. I repent of that. I am really sorry. So let's, um, so we, we, so we say, well, what does this repentance look like? Um, and the difficulty we got, and I haven't written, oh, we went and looked at an English um, definition, and this is the key. This is what I want to recognize. The English definition is not the Greek definition that's from the New Testament. You need to throw away the English definition and lay hold of what the Bible calls repentance. Mm. Now, it's not a difficult thing in one sense. I think of this a bit about thinking a bit about this. Because the word repent's a strange word, it's not one that we use in day-to-day, -day, you know. Have you ever have you used the word repent to anyone who's not a Christian? No. No, it's not it's not the not the type of word we use outside of the church anyway. All right? So, it's become a bit of a churchy word. So, it's got again it's sort of got its own meaning anyway. Mm, yeah. Now, what we've got to do is this work out, okay. So, I'm not saying we use a different word to repent. What I'm just saying is let's understand what repent is and put it through the the the, the New Testament filter and let's do it the way God wants mm. and not do it. Because the English one, which goes back to the Latin, which is repiawente, you know, which is uh, re do repentance, do penance over and over again. And the English word is connected to, the re to regret, to be, oh, I'm so sorry, I regret. And it's not, a re it's a regret that is, I'm re I'm really remorseful of the consequences of this. I mm. hate that I've been caught. I hate what it's done to me. I hate what it's doing to everyone else. I'm so sorry. I, and it's sort of, it's part of it is like, oh, I don't mind what I did, but I just wish it didn't come with all the consequences. <laughs> it would be really nice if I could do it without the consequences. Then I'd be fine with it. It's, it's, it's that type of, you know, oh, no, no, I've got to show how sorry I am. I've got to show how, 
And you know, but we say, well, that's not repentance because I really don't want to sin. I, you know, I hate sin. Yeah. But we get caught up in the the sorrow part and the showing remorse and the thinking that is repentance. That I find just so sorry. So we um, so we we looked at um, this concept: lights, camera, action. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. We're going to do something a bit new here, because um, this part here is, is really the key. All right, because we come in, this is what repentance is. It's changing the way I view things. It's changing the way I look at things. Um, I think we had the, the, the Greek word is metanoai, meta to change, and noia, where we get the word know our mind, the way we think. It's a change the way we look. In fact, I was looking up, um, I, I don't know whether you can see this on, this book by Rick Renner. Um, he's, um, it's, it's, um, it's a commentary on the, th the seven churches in Revelation, and um, he's got three volumes. I, he's, I don't know whether the third volume is out yet, but he covers the seven churches over three volumes. Mm. And this is only, um, how many churches is this one? Um, yeah, so this is three of the churches. So this is a big book, and he only covers three of the churches, and it's, so it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Um, but I was looking at it this week, because I remember he talked about to the church of F um, Ephesus, um, was called to repent. You know, Church Ephesus was said, remember where you've come, you've fallen from and repent. And um, he, so he takes this word, he said the word repent comes from the Greek word metanoia, which is a compound of meta and no, and nous. You know, you remember nous? You know, that's an old word. Sandy, do you remember people using nous? You know, like, you know, it just means... I think I'm too young. Yeah, but I might be too young. Tell me if you remember you know, the word nous, meaning you know, the way you think and, you know, cleverness. Anyway, um, the word meta means to turn. The word nous means one's mind, intellect, will, frame of thinking, opinion, or general view of life. When the words meta and nous are combined together, the new word depicts a decision to completely change the way one thinks, lives, or behaves. It doesn't describe a temporary emotional sorrow for past actions. Rather, it's a solid intellectual decision to turn about, face, take a new direction. Um, it's so, you know, he goes on and he spends a lot of time talking about that. Um, you know, and I thought, oh, that's exactly what I was, you know, mm, we were talking yeah. about last week. It's a life change, a, re a reframing of how you view life and what you do. All right? So in order to do that... Um, and then, so this is part of the lights part, lights, camera, action. Lights is we've got to get that revelation of what it is we need to change. And so if you just see light is, oh, it makes me sad or it makes me feel bad. That's yeah. not what it's about. Yeah. It's about what we've done. Um, so two scriptures I want us to look at is First John chapter 1. And um, you might have, you know, even used this or been told to do this when you come to repentance. Chapter 1, verse 9. Um, if we, so it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous, forgiving us our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Okay. So you say, well, there, there's the process of repentance is confessing our sins. Mm. Now, if you're like me, what you thought confess our sins means is I've got to name them and own them. 
All right, so mm. confess my sins. Well, yeah, I lied to so-and-so and I beat up Billy, you know, in the, in the playground and I tripped up Freddie and blamed Sally. You know, just go through all the sins of my life. Or, you know, I, I lied to this person, I cheated. And I think, oh, and then, and then, you, and then there's a problem like, oh, I, I missed a few. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever, have you ever had to go back and say, oh, I've just been reminded of a few because yeah. that's a pretty deep well yeah. when you go down. A... Then there's even little things, you know, what's in my heart. And, and so we think what do we need to do is confess, all right? Now, just think about what the word confess means. It means to own up to something, mm. all right? So, um, and that's why we say confess. So when I say, okay, let's, I'm using the word confess. Okay, Josh, you stole a million dollars from the ANZ bank. All right, a million dollars in the ANZ. All right, and you say, no, I didn't. I say, yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. So, you, you know, you, you're, you're denying it. Mm. And then we eventually show you all the evidence, and then, it's a, and then you confess. Yes, I actually did do that. Yes, I did, because the evidence is pretty. But what, it, what, what the, that confession is, is you're saying, okay, we've got two versions of events here, what you're saying about me, and I'm trying to hide it, and mm. I'm trying to yeah. block it, and I'm trying to ignore it. But I know it's true. I know it's true. Inside, I know it's true. So when you, 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 you're not, you, you know that you, you know, mm. you're a sinner, and, and I'm trying to get you, and then in the end, okay, all right, so I will confess to this. So I own up to that. Mm. All right, that's, that's how I have perceived this. Um, but let's just take a, a little bit. Um, in fact, maybe I can... Um, um, Verse nine. Notice it starts with this key word, but. So it's a, it's 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 this statement is a continuation of a, a logic mm. of thinking. Yeah. All right. So let's see what it's connected to. Let's go and it, I'll obviously go back to verse eight. If so, if we if we say. We do not bear the guilt of sin. All right. So if we say that if we don't bear the guilt of sin, we are. Deceiving who? Ourselves. Ourselves. Okay, this isn't about you're deceiving me. It says you are deceived. Mm. Okay, so the first one is you know all along yeah. that you've stolen a million dollars and you're just not admitting it. And to confess is to finally own up. This is not talking about that. This is talking about the fact where you are clueless to what you are really doing, all right? So let's just go back now to um, um, 1 John 1, 9, and just look at this word, confess. Um, I'll just grab it from here. If we confess. Um, okay, it, let's look over here. Homologio, okay? Homologio, which is, you know, homu and lego. And Lego is um, from Greek. Eventually, it, it had a few derivatives getting to this, but actually, the, the Greek word Lego means to speak. Um, if you want to remember, if you want to remember how you know word association, um, if someone grabs your leg, you say Lego. <laughs> speak Lego. 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 I'm speaking to you. Lego. All right. Lego is the Greek word for speak. Um, I don't know whether that's a good way to remember it or not, but it works. Okay, to speak. And homo is together. Together. Mm. Um, to speak together, it's to admit, um, to agree with or consent to the desire of another. It's, it's to get into agreement with. Mm. It's to take what you're saying 
and bring it into agreement with someone else. All right, now, in normal confession, that's like, I'm saying you robbed the bank, mm. so you, you now are saying, yes, I did rob mm. the bank. So right. you're getting an agreement with me, but you're getting an agreement from a position of, I, know, already, I knew I robbed the bank, I was just lying about it. So my confession is I'm no longer lying. Yeah. All right? That's not what we, the, the concept here is because it's saying you have deceived yourself. So when you say I am not a sinner, you're not lying. You are deceived. You don't know that you're a sinner. And if you say I'm not a sinner, it's not because you're not. It's just because you don't know that you are. All right? So... People in the world who say, we're not sinners, mm. it's not that they're not sinners. They just don't feel like they're sinners. Yeah. They don't, they don't have... And, and their, their conscience might not even be bothering them. Yeah. Because until someone like Paul comes along um, and, um, and, and... Oh, no, sorry, Peter, and can, preaches the word, and it says it pricked them to their heart, and the word is what gets in. Oh, we've done the wrong thing. All right. So what they've had is a revelation has come. A revelation has come. Mm. And our confession is I must get in agreement with what God is saying about me. Yeah. I must speak about my sin yeah. and my life. In the, in, I must get in alignment with God. So in, and in a bigger picture of the conscience, oops, bigger picture, um, let's go this one. What I'm, my confession is, I'm actually getting in alignment with what he says about me. Mm. My confession is in, good. In, in alignment. Now, it's important to know that because the confession and the alignment that God wants us to get in doesn't finish with you're a sinner. Because Thank what God. happens is, so, so I confess, all right? So some people say, oh, that just means I've got to tell all the sins that I've done. I don't think God wants to know all the sins that you've done. I don't think that's what he's wanting, a, a confession. Here's my confession. I've listed 49 sins I've done today, and then I'll, go, I'll do tomorrow's. Let the scroll just roll on down. Yeah, brrr, yeah, have you seen those scrolls that yeah. roll out? Um, I'm not, that's not what he's looking for. What is he looking for? First of all, an admission and an awareness that I'm a sinner and mm. I'm in need of forgiveness. Yeah. You can't get forgiveness if you don't need forgiveness. Yeah. All right, and so the first part is to recognize, ah, I am a sinner. And it will make you feel bad and it will make you ah, grieve. Mm. But that's not where it, it, the aim it doesn't, is. It doesn't end there. No. <laughs> okay. so, so what we're looking for is what is this? So first of all, there's a recognition. So let's go back and, and find the very first time that this process started and, and played out. And it's Genesis chapter 1. Because, of course, that's where you would expect to... That's at the beginning. Yeah, well, in fact, Genesis chapter um, 3 is when it plays out. So we'll go to there. Almost at the beginning. Yeah, well, it, it's the, the beginning of the story. And it says, now the serpent was more shrewd than any of the water. So Adam has been put in charge of the garden. He and Eve are looking after it. They've got to guard it, protect it. And Adam doesn't do a very good job. He lets the sta Satan in the form of a snake come in and speak to his wife. And he lets that all happen. So there's, you know. What's he going on about? And um, the serpent was more shrewd than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, is it really true that God said you must not eat from any tree of the orchard? So the first thing, the first thing he's challenging is, 
Oops. Oh, hang on, so I'm going the wrong way for my diagram. First thing is challenging. Hey. Hey, is this the right, is this, the, is, this, is this right what God is saying? Is that the best authority? Oh, I've got some other authorities here I can speak to you. I can got some other authorities I can mm. speak to you. <laughs> I can, is that the best and only authority? I can suggest some other ones. All right, so it's like, okay, so this is what he's doing. Providing an alternative. Yeah. The woman said to the servant, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the orchard, but concerning the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the orchard, God said, you must not eat from it. You must not touch it or else you will die. Um, now, it's been pointed out, God never said you must not touch it. It's sort of like, you know, but if you get, what are you doing touching anyway? But it's like, but there's a point where it's like, was Eve actually not totally in tune? Was she not really clear about mm. what had been said? Yeah. There's a point where she's like, oh, she, you know, I'm not even really sure about what the, real, the rules are. But anyway, she said, must not touch that. And the servant says, oh, <laughs> oh that's a silly authority. Yeah. You're not going to die. You surely... You will not die. You will not die. Oh, that's that's a wrong authority there. Let's let's give you a new authority, Eve. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Oh, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, this is the key. This is the key here. What we're looking. This knowing good and evil is going to feed back into um, this part here. This is what it's all about. All right. What does it mean when it said you will know good and evil? Because it, it, it was, um, what does that phrase actually mean? Um, because you know, there has been, you know, I've looked in a, number, a lot of commentaries on this because it's been a bit of an interest of mine in the last mm. 20 years. And, um, you know, there, there's varying thoughts. But my, my understanding, and I was um, just reading in a um, book by Charles Simpson. Um, yesterday, the day before, the, um, the Covenant and the Kingdom, which is a, it's like a, a condensed theology book. It's one of the, it, this, it's just a great book. And he was talking about this story and good and evil, and is saying exactly what my understanding is that knowing good and evil is um, well, what can I say? It's a legal idiom. All right, it's a legal idiom. Josh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know a few legal idioms. Uh, <laughs> a legal idiom. Not an idiot. A legal idiom. Um, um, which, which means that it's, it's saying something. Let's look at how it's used, this phrase, knowing good and evil, um, in, in Genesis. Um, so let's look at another scripture. Let's, I think Genesis 31, 24. Let's try there first. All right. Um, so Laban is um, Jacob's father-in-law, and Jacob's done the dirty on him and run off because Laban had done the dirty on Jacob. You know, it's, not a very good thing. But Jacob, Jacob's got the blessing of God on him. Mm. And um, so Jacob took his relatives with him. and oh, So Laban grabbed his relatives with him, which means grab some men. We're going to go fight. Sued Jacob for seven days. He caught up with Jacob in the hill country off Gilead. And he's, so he's about to get him. Jacob, what have you done? You know, grab hold of him. But God came to Laban, the Aramean, in, the, in a dream at night and warned him. He said, be careful that you neither bless nor curse Jacob. 
Now, let's just have a look at that in some other translations because um, be careful with you. Do not speak to Jacob either good or bad. Okay, do you recognize good or evil? Mm. Um, don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Um, and so the New Living says, the paraphrase is a warning, you leave Jacob alone. Um, so what is good or bad in any way? Um, and I think if we go to verse 29, um, oops. Uh, 29, verse 29, I won't have it again. Um so he said, you know, Laban's talking, he says, I have the power to do you harm, but the God of your father told me last night, be careful, you neither bless nor curse or speak good or bad or either good or bad. That's it's what it says. It's a legal idiom, okay? And what, a legal, what it means is um, to make it a, a judgment on whether something is right or wrong. Mm, yeah. it's, to, it's to determine whether something is right or wrong. So... Um, you are determining whether it's good or it's evil. So you're the judge. God's saying to Laban, do not judge him in any way. Mm. Hold, hold back on any judgment. You are not to judge him. Mm. You're not to decide. You're not to say whether he's right or wrong. Who's, who's, telling, who's going to say whether Jacob's right or wrong? Says, God says, I'll sort that out. Yeah. I am going to say whether he's good or evil. Mm. You are going to shut up. You were going to, woo, and Laban's like, oh, so I just pull back. He says, you know, I, I, it was in my power, but I was told, back off, boy. Mm. This, is my, this is my subject, and I will work out whether he's right or wrong. Mm. Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Um, I think there's another scripture that sort of speaks the same thing. Let's try Genesis 24:50. Um, yeah, it's in the New England translation. He's, do, he's doing a little bit of paraphrasing here. Laban and Beth, Bethuel replied, this is the Lord's doing. Our wishes are of no concern. All right? It's nothing to do with us. But then look actually what the, the translation says. The matter comes from the Lord, so we cannot speak to you bad or good. Recognizing that again? Mm. So we have, Holman, we have no choice in the matter is that literally we can't say we're bad or good, bad or good. Um, so that, that concept of good or evil um, is discernment. Um, I think another scripture, 2 Samuel 13. I'm just taking time here because I just want you to see where this, how this phrase is used. 2 Samuel 13, 22. Trust I got the right. Okay, again, the same concept. Absalom said nothing either bad or good. So in other words, held his peace, didn't make any judgment. Mm. So to not make a judgment is to not, not say anything bad or good, good or evil, not to make any... I'm not, I'm not saying whether it's good, I'm not saying it's evil. Yeah. So it's always seen in the sense of some sort of judgment. Um, so let's go back to, to Genesis chapter 3. Um, and he first time, you'll be like God. You get to go. You will know. You will know what's good and evil. So what's he saying to um, Eve? You can determine mm. 
what is right or wrong. In other words, you get to choose what authorities yeah. are in your life. The, the right is no longer reserved for God to determine good and evil. You can now yeah. determine good and evil. You, you get to say it. You, you get, get to, to say, say what is right and what is wrong. Because you, and, then, and then he says, you know what? You'll be just like God. Because mm. God gets to say what's right or wrong. Now you get to say what's right or wrong. God's, God's, by you putting God in that place and you not and saying, oh, you've been missing out. Mm. He's been cheating on you because you can do this. You can do this, Eve. You can do this. And so what does she do? Um, it says, well, when the woman looked at the tree that produced fruit that was, was good for food and it was good to the eye or attractive to the eye and it was desirable for making one wise. In other words, you know what? This is good. It is good. This is good. I don't care what God says. I am saying this is good. This is good fruit. Mm, we should be eating yeah. it. And she took some. She ate it. She also gave some to, to Adam. And he ate it. Um, now, what's going to happen now is their conscience. Do you realize their conscience has never spoken to them a negative word? Mm. Yeah, They've never true. heard the parking beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Now, it would have been like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But when they eat, ate it, mm. what's going to happen? Boom! Then the eyes of both of them opened. They knew they were naked. Ah! We, we feel exposed. We're all naked. Something's wrong. So they sewed fig leaves together. They made coverings for themselves. We're going to look at, oh, no. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord coming. They're feeling guilty. Mm. They're feeling, he's coming. Let's go hide. We've covered ourselves and leave. We're hiding. It's all done. It's all that that their conscience is. And um, moving about in the garden, a breezy time today. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the orchard. But God called them and he said, where are you? They said, oh, we heard you moving out. We were afraid. We're naked. So we hid. And then the Lord says something really interesting. Okay. Yeah, when, when you think about it, it's, it's because I've thought about it and not, it's just a common phrase, so I don't worry about it. Who, who has Adam spoken to in his life? Right? Spoken to Eve. Eve's spoken to Adam. Mm. And then they've spoken now to a snake. All right? Maybe if they've spoken to angels? I don't know. It doesn't say. And they've spoken to God. Mm. And God says to them, who told you that you were naked? Who spoke to you and said you were naked? Where did that voice come from? Yeah. Well, see, the, the snake never told them. No. So what's God saying? He said, hey, Adam, you're now hearing your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> what's happened, Adam? Now you've got your conscience saying, we're naked. He said, Who told? you've awakened your conscience mm. to the wrong thing. Your conscience is now wow. speaking to you. Who told you? Where did you get that from? How did you know? We, well, we just suddenly we just knew. You know what I mean? We just knew that we were naked. We just suddenly aware yeah. of it. it wow. just, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly we're aware that we're in a bad place. We've done the wrong thing. How are we, who told you? Where did that come from? You shouldn't be hearing that. You shouldn't be hearing the... Where did those warning beepers come from? Beep! What's that sound you hear, Adam? <laughs> Ah, that's me crashed into the wall, God. Yeah. Well, where'd that noise come from? 
it's just I don't know. It was I didn't even it was in the car, but we'd never we've never activated the red warning lights mm. before. It was already built in, but it was see, so so I'm saying the conscience was there to help them live their life and to do right. But then Satan came along and confused it. Yeah. Said, what are we going to do here? Make oh, I got them confused, deceived. Oh, that is good. That is good. That is good. Conceit deceived her conscience into saying that is good. Yeah. That is good. Let's do it. It's good. We're doing a good thing, Adam. Yeah. We're doing a good thing. This is a good thing. This is good. We are in charge. We're good. Beep! What have we done? We will be like God. We will know right. Yeah, we'll be we, fine. We will be judged. Yeah. And and see that that's that's what Satan Satan is deceiving them because he knows if you do this, yeah, you'll be you you'll be like God, but you won't be God. And I'm going to mess you up because now I'm breaking your relationship with God because what you've done is you've said, you've said, me and God are on equal level. Mm. Yeah, I know God's got an opinion, but then there's my opinion. Yeah. What I think. And in fact, maybe a little bit higher than God because, you know, appreciate what he says. You can be my um, advisory panel. God, I will hear what you say and I will take it on board. We will consider it. <laughs> we will consider it. We will think about what you say. And I'm not saying God's an idiot. And I'm not saying God doesn't have good ideas. I will certainly take what he says on board. I will weigh it up. But ultimately, I will sit and work out what's best for me. Because who knows what's best for me is me. Mm. I know best if it comes down the, what the best thing for my life is. And that is I know what is good and evil. I have embraced that. All right. So let's just go back to this whole lights, camera, and action. The revelation that when we change, what happens here, the ultimate thing that we need to do is to say, Oh God, I am sorry that I relegated you mm. to an advisory yeah, or good. even to a non. I didn't yeah. even, I either stop listening to you or I've just taken your advice. But what I have ultimately done is I've said, I, I know best and I, I know best for my life. Mm. I know what the best way is. Um, see, if we make excuses, it's like I was scared and they were going to do this and I felt I was going to be. All we're saying is I know what you said, but I, I knew what the best decision in the end was. I was trying. We're just trying to make, you know. Mm. Um, and so the, the lights has to be a revelation of the fact, not of the individual sins, you know, all that you do that. And that, that sometimes does work if, um, if I have, if I've behaved in a way that is, you know, I'm, I'm no good and evil, I, I'm doing myself, do you know what I mean? God sometimes has to open my eyes to see that behavior in that light and suddenly recognize, oh, the same mm -hmm. as you crucified Jesus, oh, dear. It yeah. gets me. Ah. And it's like, when you said that, this is what you did. So sometimes it's like the, 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 war, the, the uh, my conscience hasn't been beeping, or if it has, it's been very low level. And then God has to come to me and bang. And then I look and I go, oh, yes. And then beep. It says, oh, sorry, the warning light was a little bit damaged because I'd been beep. Oh, that action. So I'm repenting of that action very specifically. Yeah. But don't just repent of the action. Always get a revelation of how was I betraying God and usurping 
he's or, or sort of saying, God, you really don't know best. Yeah, Re- removing like his authority. Yeah, over you in in that instance or that case. Yeah, I knew best. I know best. That is at the at the core of every revelation that needs repentance is the the pride of I know best. Mm. Okay. But it's manifested in multiple ways of how I try and get that, whether I'm trying to protect myself or lust after something I shouldn't have or rise up and do something or out of fear for this, whatever. It's all lots of manifestations, but ultimately it's pride in I know best. Mm, Do you know what I mean? I know. know, um, It it can be manifested in – and that's why, okay, God says uh, one of the sins that God calls out a lot is anxiety. Now, it's like, well, that's a bit unfair, God, because, you know, if, if you're facing what I'm facing, you know, it's quite normal. It's quite natural to be anxious. Well, it's only natural to be anxious if you don't trust what God says. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know what you said, but pff, this is a big problem. But this is how it is. Yeah, this, but this is reality. Yeah. That's a nice word you say, God, but this is reality. And I'm really worried about it. And God says, that's sin. You say, well, that's not sin. I haven't done anything. He said, no, no, you have... You have taken what is worth worrying about and made that your choice yeah and you have said i don't care what you say this is worth worrying about yeah um let's look at an example of that in book of mark when, when he says to cast your cares and he's like no i'm gonna worry about it. yeah <laughs> no i can't cast that i'm gonna think about this i'm gonna let it keep me up all night <laughs> yeah um, I'm not speaking to anyone specifically mark five um <laughs> Sandy's giggling. It sounds like she I'm, might be convicted I'm there. I just so. called Sandy out without knowing. I'm sorry, Sandy. <laughs> How did you know, God? How dare you? I thought that was my... I thought it was just you and me knew about that. You're not the only one. Yeah. Pastor Peter as well. All right. So we, we have the um, uh, Jairus. He said, comes to Jesus. He says, come quickly. My daughter's near death. Come lay hand, your hands on her so she may be healed and live. Okay, that's his point of faith. That's what he's point of faith. Yep. It's interesting the Roman centurion sent messages and said, just, just send the word, it'll be fine. But this is his point of faith. Mm. I don't, so don't, don't, I, don't, I don't have any problems with that. Just, well, that's yeah. just what his point of faith is. Um, so Jesus went with him, a large crowd followed and pressed in around him. The, the Greek word there is like squeezing grapes. It's like there's a big crowd squeezing in. And then we have the story of the woman with the um, issue of blood, the hemorrhage. And then she gets healed, but she holds up the crowd mm. and, and the, Jesus while he sorts that out. And um, so, so story of her, 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 her. Um, and still going, story of her. Still going. Um, and so while he was still speaking with the woman, people came from the synagogue leader's house saying, your daughter has died. Ah! Don't bother this teacher any longer. It's, it's over. Um, now, this is an interesting word, but Jesus paying no attention to what was said. Literally, it means the Greek word is hearing from the side, mm. side hearing. Yeah. Okay, so it can mean two things, and it, it, only context tells us which one. It means both things. It means I overhear you from the side, yeah. or I hear you and I put it to the side. Yeah, oh, that's good. All right, so you don't, it, it, the context. So we don't actually know whether it says Jesus heard what they were saying from the side, yeah. or Jesus heard what they were saying. 
and put it to the he, side. But he didn't receive it. Yeah. Um, I like to think, you know, it's a bit of a mixture. I heard what they said, but I'm not paying attention yeah. to what they said. I hear what they're saying, but I'm not here. I, I, don't, I don't pay attention. He said to the synagogue leader, okay, you've got, a, you've got an instruction here right now. You are not to be afraid. You are just to believe. Mm. We're going to go to this situation. But from this point on, you are not to be afraid. Yeah. You are only to believe. That's you good. have to make a choice, choice here. Yeah. Now, the power of good and evil says, I know this is really serious. I know she's dead. I know it's way too late. I know that there's no good. I know that she's dead. So I am fearful. It is normal to be fearful mm. because that only works, though, if I'm in control and determining what emotions are appropriate. Yeah. But if Jesus says, I say it's going to be fine, just be in faith, you have to lose control of determining what is right or wrong in That's the situation. Good. And let Jesus make yeah. that determination. That's good. And so, and my reflection of that, all right, so if that, let's put this into a repentance mode. So, okay, I get the light that says it's going to be okay. Mm. And if you've got fear, well, you just say, I'm sorry, I repent. That fear mm. is, that, 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 that's, so not, that's not right. So I put that under the blood of Jesus. I get, and now I look at this situation. I change the way I view things to the lens where God's in control and I'm trusting him and I'm not a fearful person anymore and I don't do this. And then we have action, which is the expression of that, which is I go happy. Mm. I go smiling and I go with expectation, not with fear, yeah. not with anxiety. You say, how can you do that? Well, because we do this process. Yes. You know what I mean? And, That's good. And, um, but if we do not give up our right to deciding what is good and evil... This falls apart because it's not so much. What, what was he? What would you know? Like now, Jesus didn't call him to repent, but I'm, yeah. saying, I'm just using this yeah. framework to use that. But I'm saying, if that right or wrong, in my prerogative, being my prerogative, stays, it messes everything else because that's the real issue. Yeah, that's the the real issue. It's not. It's not. Um, um, you know. <laughs> Of all the sins that Jesus wants us to repent of, you know, he doesn't want us to work through the list. Actually, what he wants us to recognize is that we are sinful and our sinfulness is rooted in pride. Mm, yeah. Pride is the very core of all that we do. Yeah. All right? Now, some people, some people want us to get, oh, what about this thing? What about this thing? Well, is this a sin? Is this a sin? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's a sin if it's rooted in pride mm. and it's disobeying what God, the ultimate authority, yeah. says about that situation. That's good. Um, and, you know, so I remember I, I had, you know, a conversation with someone many years ago. I don't know whether I shared this story or I can't remember if I talked about it. Maybe I, I have. But, and, um, you know, they, they were facing the decision whether to become a, a follower of Jesus. But they had some things in their life and they're like, do I need to change this? All right? Do I need to change this? And, um, and I said, well, you need to come to everything that's in your life with this attitude. What do you say about it, God? And what do you say goes? Don't, don't have a list. What about this? What about this? What about this? Just have one mm -hmm. list. One, one, one item says, 
me making the determination and I put, I crumple that up and I say, now I throw that away. I know only have, now only you can determine what is right or wrong in my life. Yeah. That's the core thing. And I said, and then your job is to, to go into the word of God and find out what he says about you. Mm. And anything he says about you that is different to what you feel or what you think or what you believe about yourself, you just know that that's not, I, I don't do that. I get the light, I get the revelation, I now speak about myself in mm. this light, and now I live this out. Yes, you change the way that you think. Yeah. You, you agree with what God I says. I get in agreement with God. That confess, remember, confess your sins is get in agreement what God has said about this. Mm. But then there's a second part of confession. Then you confess in your agreement about what God has done for you. Mm. You get in, a, you, you speak in agreement with what yeah. God says about his forgiveness yeah. and about his being um, the advocate that, that, that has forgiven us. And, yeah. you, and 1 John chapter 2 goes on to speak about Jesus being the advocate. So um, it, it's, it, I'm not going to, I honestly, I wasn't going to, get down to what about this sin? Mm. What about this sin? What about this attitude? I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> it's really not me to start with. I'm not determining whether you're right or wrong. Mm. I said, but what I can do is I can point you to the word of God. And I said, read through those, this. And then you just say, well, God, if that's what you say, you've got to work out, are you going to get in agreement with God? Or are you going to say, well, I know what you said, but I know better. Because that pride will keep you out. Mm. Not the sin. Not the sin. The sin has been dealt with. Okay? People do not go to hell because of their sins. What do you mean? Because he's paid for them. Mm. They go to hell because they refuse to believe and trust in him. Mm. And they refuse to trust in him because their pride says, I still want to take that control. Yeah. I still want to be knowing good and evil. And it's like, well... You're just, you're just refusing to ex- get that exchange. All right? But um, see what time is. Um, so we, um, so I just wanted to spend time. That's the core of what that is. It's mm. getting in agreement with God. Yeah. Now, getting in agreement with God about the brokenness, and then we must also get in agreement with God about the forgiveness. Yeah. Don't be fearing, only be believing. It's not just removing one and then being nothing. No. It's also replacing it. Exactly. Very important. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if, if you don't replace it with that, I feel like that is just going to fill the gap again. <laughs> exactly. If you do not say, okay, that's that, a great point. It's dealing with this, but then our confession is a replacement mm. with what God says about us. Yeah. And what God now says. Um, there's, there's a scripture I I, um, I, I love in the book of Hebrews. Just had to get clarity for a second. Hebrews chapter 12, 13. Hebrews 13. Let's just look at it. And this is what God does when he comes to us. Um, and... Uh, let's see, verse 5. Um, how many times has God come and say, now I'm going to give you a fresh way of speaking about yourself and looking at yourself? Yeah. Um, in the book of Revelation, talk to Revelation, it says, I'm going to give you a new name. The name, only, you know, he, he's given each of us a new name. Peter, he said, you, you're Simon, but now I'm going to call you Peter. Mm. Um, Abraham, 
He said, you were originally Abraham. He said, I'm going to call you Abraham. Yeah. That there's, you know, that there's, a, there's a transformation yeah. and a change. Even, even Joshua, Josh, um, you, you know, do, you know, um, do you know Joshua's original name? Yeshua? No, Yeshua is Joshua. No, then it, it's Hoshia. No. Okay, so if you look in um, in the book of Numbers, I think it is when they when they picked the twelve spies to go out, he picked Joshua, and his name was Hoshia. Hoshia means salvation. That Hoshia is salvation, and Moses said, "I'm going to rename you from salvation to Yeshua." which is Yahweh brings salvation. Mm. So it's interesting. Joshua had his name changed to being the bringer of salvation mm. to Yahweh is our salvation. Yeah. Yahweh is a, because you're not just the rescuer. You're the one who brings Yahweh's rescue. Yeah. Yahweh's that's good. All right. And that's why Jesus is actually, his name, the name Jesus is actually the, the Hebrew word Yeshua in the Greek sort of form. And it's Yeshua. Yahweh saves. God is bringing salvation through mm. me, Jesus. Not just yeah. salvation. God is bringing salvation. All right? And yeah. so he changed his name from, yeah, this to, no, no, God is saving. There's always a, a, there's a transformation of yeah. who we are and what God calls us and I, what he speaks to us. I love the one with, um, and I, mate, you, you'll know this better, yeah. like with Peter, with the example of Peter. Yeah. Um, does Peter like the rock? Petros is rock. Rock? Yeah. So it's like, you know, Peter that was, you know, reed, up and down, uh, yeah. shaky. He was like, no, you, you are gonna rock. rock. I'm going to call you the rock, yeah. a, the stable one, st steadfast. So a transformation. Yeah. Now, I, I, some people say, oh, what about Saul to Paul? Um, that's a little bit different. Um, Saul, had, Saul was his Hebrew name and Paul was his Roman name. He always had both names. But um, just, you know, because he was a Roman citizen, they'd given him a Roman name, Paul, and he also had a Hebrew. It just says that from that point on, um, he decided not to be referred to by his Hebrew roots, but by a Gentile name. So he, he wasn't given a new name. Mm. He just said, just call me by my, as an expression of the fact that I'm now an apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah. I want to be going by the name um, Paul. Um, so, but, but besides that, that transformation, God speaks to you, gives you a new name, changes who you are. And I, I, I love this verse here. It says, you're kind of, kind of, talking about um, the worry and the fear and, Oh, you know, you know, um, I don't, I'm never going to have enough. I'm not content. God's your conduct must be free from the love of money. So it's all about the attitude there. You must be content with what you have. For God, for God has said, God has said, I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. Mm. God has said to you, Josh, He will never leave you, never abandon you. That's what He said. That's good. Now you've got a choice whether you're going to say, Yeah, I know what you said, but. My, I, I will work out whether I feel like that's right or not. You know, I, I was, or you'll just submit and say, well, God, you've... So, but it's interesting, it says, so we can say with confidence, all right? Let's don't read the next bit. I'm going to cover it with my arm. Uh, uh, can I do this? Okay, ha, stopped anyone going... People have got their own Bibles. I know what it says. For he has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake, abandon you. So we can say with confidence. So, so we can say with confidence. Now, if God has said, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you, I would um, say, well, so we can say with confidence, God will never leave me. Mm. He will never abandon me. Yeah. All right. That's what I would. Yeah. It doesn't say that. It says, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? In other words, based on the fact that God's with me, 
based on the fact that he said he's with me, I can speak to these circumstances. Not just say what he said to me, yeah. but say what it means in these circumstances. Mm. I can say, God's my helper. I won't be afraid. What can you do to me? Yeah. So God speaks to us so that we can say, but what we say is not just an echoing of what he says. It's a transforming of what he says into our lives and out. Yeah, that's so good. As an expression of that. That we now speak about our lives in light of what he has said about mm. us. Yeah. All right. So when it says you're forgiven, I now speak to my life as someone who is forgiven. Yeah. I speak as a forgiven person. I act as a forgiven person. Now, one of the biggest things here is often our emotions and even our conscience, we, we sort of is still playing catch up. Yeah. The, the, the mind still remembers. The, yeah, the mind and, and our knows. emotions and, and, and the whole conscience, all our, all our um, so this is what I'm saying. When you feel bad, you've got to work out, hang on a sec, just be conscience. So, okay, so I've been forgiven. I have got this light, this revelation. I have confessed I'm a sinner and it was my own pride and I yield and I now, I embrace what Jesus has done. I receive his forgiveness but I also embrace his righteousness. And we can go back to the few weeks before. We're talking about legizomai. This is when the legizomai kicks in. Yeah. I go and I say, this is what God has Wait given up. me. This is exactly what I have. I know what I have. I hold fast to what I have. And I don't care how I feel. Mm. So now I am ignoring even that sense of, yeah. oh, you're just the wool owls. No, no, you're getting retrained conscience. Yeah. Because now we are, I'm retraining with, by what God has said. And I'm going to start speaking and declaring over my life according to what God God has said, and what he has said is, I'm forgiven. I am forgiven. And you know how a forgiven person behaves? They rejoice and they praise God. And we spoke just briefly about this, you know, like the parable of the prodigal son. He says, okay, let's, you know, oh, I'm just a servant. Just put me in the servant's court. No, no, no. You get the best coat. You get shoes on your feet. You get the ring of authority. Yeah. And we have a party. Yeah. We get and we celebrate. We kill the fatted calf and we, we celebrate. And you get in there and you praise God and you lift up your hands and you, and you sing and you declare, and you get to the point, not where I shouldn't be here. It's like, I should be here. My father has told me I should be here. Yeah. Now, if I stay in that party and say, I know what my dad said, but I know what I think, and I uh, usurp his authority with what I know yeah. should happen. Now, my father wants me just to celebrate. My father wants me to just enjoy myself and the freedom that he's given me. But if I slink in the corner and tell everybody that meets me, he says, it's amazing that you're back. Oh, yeah, I really shouldn't be here. You know, if you knew what I did, if you knew what I did, I should be out in the servants' quarters. No, what I am really I doing? Am. My pride yeah. is saying I know better than my dad. Yeah. But if I get in there and I say, I'm dancing and I'm actually enjoying myself. Why? Because I've actually, I've actually yielded my right to how I feel mm, and good. I've embraced what God has said about that's me. So good. And so um, and if you go to, we'll finish on this scripture, Romans 4. Like that, the, the truth, the, the highest form of reality is what God says about you. Exactly. And that's what we embrace and that's what we judge ourselves on. That's, that's it's everything. Um, um, okay, Romans 4, 17, talking about Abraham, which is the example of us, given to us as our example of this whole process. Mm. It says... Um, he is our father, Abraham, in the presence of God whom he believed, the God who makes the dead alive 
and summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. Mm. He, and, um, you know, let's look at another translation of that. Um, who calls into being that which does not exist. Um, calls non-existent things. Where am I? Where am I? Uh, calls non-existent things into existence. Um, King, old King James. And calleth those things which be not. As though they were. Mm. In other words, now, does that mean I'm make, playing for pretend? No, no. What I'm just saying is I am using the authority of what God has given to me and spoken to me and declared to me. And yeah. I say, that's my ultimate authority. That's what I speak. That's what I declare. And that's what I, now that's how I speak about me. That is a part now of my, this re repentance yeah. process. Yeah. Repentance involved, repentance hasn't been repentance if you're not speaking about yourself differently. Mm. If you're not changed the way you're talking about yourself, yeah. about your attitude, if you've humbled, you, you, you know, humbling yourself is a part of this repentance process. Hasn't been an, an authentic change. No. Or done the, the full process. No. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and that gives, but if once we do the full process and we walk in the freedom of it, not what we speak is not just um, about what I've been receiving. You know, like, like, when we go back to... This um, is what God thinks, so this is what now I think I align with God. Yes. Um, we go back to that scripture in Hebrews. Um, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. We speak into it. So based on what God has done for me and said about me and said to me, I give wholehearted agreement to that about myself. And now I speak, and I don't just echo the same words. I I take the, the, the context of that yeah. and I speak it into the life and what I'm facing and what I do. So he says, I'm forgiven. And that says, I can walk in freedom and in grace. I can embrace. So like you said, if I don't, if I don't take that part, I go back and I just end up going back through the same cycle. And especially if my conscience is still lagging behind and still condemning me and the beep is still stuck on, and I'm like, oh, I better not drive because the beep is going beep. It's just wheels in the mud. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm oh, hit the brakes. Oh, oh, I better forgive it. Get, yeah. Ask forgiveness because I've obviously hit something. No, you haven't hit anything. It's just that that, that it's that you need to get that retrained yeah. and recalibrated because you've broken it in the thing. But now you've asked for forgiveness. Now you can say, I have. Fix that up. Jesus has cleansed me. I've dealt with the core of it, which is my pride. I've brought that to God. I've. I now know that he is the one who is the ultimate authority in my life. His word and the spirit is what moves me. And now I speak to my future based on that. And I say I'm forgiven, not just forgiven, but now I walk in freedom and I walk in forgiveness and I can, and I can do that and I will do that. And you're not saying I'm not, not that I will. I, I know I messed up, but I'm not going to do it. No, it's like, no, because of his forgiveness, I'm now walking. And I'm walking into this situation. I don't have fear. I only have faith. This is who I am. This is what? who I am. This is what I am. This is what God has done. I'm a brand new creature in Christ. I've been transformed. I look at myself different. I speak about myself different. Yeah. And I act that out differently. Yeah. And, um, and if you stumble, right, we've got an advocate. We just, we just fix that up and we keep moving forward. So and eventually God will just work that out. Uh, amen. So that, amen. Amen. Um, I preach myself into a happy point. Ah. So that's lights, camera, action. Yeah, that's so good. That's lights, camera, action, and that's 
that's what God has fixed and given us the opportunity to live. And, um, and we believe, you know, Josh and I, uh, we, we set our faith, faith before this um, teaching mm. that this revelation would get into people's hearts and go to wherever it is around the world, it's going to bring wholeness, it's going to bring liberty. It's going to be, we spoke about breakthroughs. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask Josh to pray for you right now. We're going to get in agreement that these words are going to set some people free. You've been locked into a cycle of condemnation or you've been locked into a cycle of, of disempowerment where you, you feel that your sin holds the ultimate power yeah. and it just keeps bringing you back down yeah. and down and down again. No, in the name of Jesus, this is your transformation. Amen. This is what God has given to you and this is the power that he has for you. And we believe that the, the revelation here will bring breakthrough as you put this into your life. Thanks, Josh. Father God, we thank you that Jesus, you died on the cross for us. And so now we are no longer weighed down. <laughs> you have taken our sin. You have dealt with it. You have paid the price. You have forgiven it, forgiven our, us our sin. You've taken it. It is now removed from us. And so we agree with you, God. We align our thinking with you. We don't just mimic you, but we now walk out that freedom which you have freely given to us. And so those things which um, have been holding us down, weighing us down, we just release those things right now because we agree with what your word says about us, with what you have done for us. And so we can now walk light and in freedom. We can run. We can be, we can be joyful because those things are no longer on our account. Righteousness is on our account, what Jesus has exchanged for us. He took that for you so that you could be righteous, so that you could be right with God, so that your burden would be light. And so we thank you, God, that those anchors, those things weighing us down, they are not ours. We agree with what you have done, with what you have said, and we, we train ourselves now to continue in um, living that out, that freedom which you have so given to us uh, freely. We thank you, God, and we, we bless you, Father, for what you have done for us. In your name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. I agree with those words. I declare that the anointing of breakthrough has been administered here. I speak and declare breakthrough in people's lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I, I feel really good that we've come to a really good mm. point in this. And you know what? Just as we're praying then, Lord, just put something in my heart. So I'm just going to be obedient to him. We're going to take a two-week break from academy. It's like, oh, we've got so much momentum, so much excitement. God said, take a break. You'll be fine. And when we come back, we're going to move on to the next part of covenant. We might even make it a brand new topic, which is the provision of healing. Do you remember it says, mm. remember all the, the benefits? Yeah. And it says, he heals all my diseases. So That's we'll cool. have two weeks break and then we'll be back. And we will start a brand new topic of healing. God's ability to heal. And, and he's, it's all linked into what the covenant is. But we will just explore that and take a few weeks to not only find out his covenant um, provision of healing, but we will speak about how to actually administer healing and engage in, in, in a way of bringing healing mm. to yourself and others. Yeah. You Because know, it's, it's, it's one thing just to know that God has healed us, but it's how, how do we actually administer that? How do, we, yeah. how do we see that? So we will talk about that. And um, I just felt, so I'm not sure what God's got planned, maybe some really big things in the next I'm two weeks. I'm already excited for it. Yeah. Um, so in three weeks' time, we'll be back and uh, we will take um, the new topic of healing. 
And it's an extension of covenant, but we're just going to move. It's in, it's the, in the storehouse. Yeah, it's in that storehouse. All right. So see you in three weeks time, effectively two weeks break and three weeks. But I um, look forward to, to doing that. And um, I really appreciate that. Share this widely with those around you so they can get the benefit of it. Maybe go back and, and review. If you've, if you've come to this, maybe God's giving you time to go back and, and, and work through some of these um, earlier sessions that you haven't had um, access to. But otherwise, I encourage you just to, to really meditate and chew on this word. And then we'll see you in three weeks as we move to the new topic of healing. God bless you.